Hey, 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 everybody, what's happening? This is the Sneaky Emu. This is episode number 14. Thank you so much for being here, Mom. Thanks for listening. Oh, man, it's been a crazy couple weeks. Uh, but so what I want to do today, just to give you just let's just let's just dive right in. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, so today I just want to do we're going to call this we're going to do this like um, like a, a review uh, uh, suggestion sort of week. Uh, episode uh, where I was just realizing like the amount of stuff I've been reading and listening to and watching um, uh, that that there's just so much to talk about and I thought you know what maybe I should just do kind of that like here's what I've been up to uh, reading listening watching so that's gonna be the whole episode so if you're looking for something to read or watch or listen to this is a good one for you if you're not you know skip to the next one I don't know um, and so what I want to do is I want to give you, I might even throw in a few, um, few musical artists, but I want to give you, uh, a handful of books and a couple of documentaries that I've seen just, uh, in the past several months, the stuff I'm listening to now or listened to recently, I'm not doing like a whole catalog of like the top 10 list or anything. This is just the stuff I have currently been going through, um, and that I thought was, was pretty interesting. And um, just kind of as a as a forewarning, uh, it's not all like um, I don't agree with everything that I read or listen to. Okay, so because it's a recommendation or a uh, just a putting that out there, something you might want to check out doesn't mean I like a hundred percent agree with it. There may be things I object to about it, but I think that's I think that's a good place to be where you are not just uh, in the echo chamber, if you will, looking for and listening to people um, that you know you already agree with. Uh, I try to cover a a wider range of of, uh, topics and, um, you know, I have certain things that interest me, um, but I think all of it, you know, the the more, the more wider, wider, the more wider, the more wide you are read and uh, listened to and and, uh, things that you explore, I think the better um, overall you will be for it. And so uh, I just want to go through and give you this kind of list of stuff and give you a little summary and maybe it'll be something that you'll be into. Maybe it's not. It's okay. I don't care. This is a free podcast that you get to hopefully <laughs> learn learn something from or, you know, or challenge or think through or whatever. So let me, let me do... Um, let me do, should we do books or, or um, like thing, like uh, documentaries first? I don't know. Let's, let's just do books. Sure. Why not? Okay. So uh, one of the books I'm, I'm going through right now, uh, this, is, this is my list of books. Number one, in no particular order, just stuff I'm looking at, poking through, listening to on a run, uh, whatever. I could do podcasts, but everybody's got their favorite podcast, whatever. Uh, let's just let's just do books and, and documentaries. Why not? All right. So uh, the first one is um, it's a book. Uh, it's about a lady. <laughs> it's a book about a lady. Uh, so there's this woman uh, by the name of Saint Hildegard, and she is um, you know she was operating around the uh, you know. Uh, year 10,098, the year 11, 1100, something like that. So she's an older lady. 
she's not older anymore, but um, St. Hildegard, uh, she was this German Benedictine uh, composer, philosopher, Christian mystic visionary uh, during the high Middle Ages. And so the book that I have is like, it's called The Essential Writings and Chants of a Christian Mystic. Uh, let's see uh, the notes on it here. Enter the vibrant world of medieval mystic of this medieval mystic and open yourself to the music of creation in the living light of God. Uh, and so I'm not super smart, <laughs> but this, this particular version is like some of her key writings. And then thankfully there's, um, it's like, uh, annotated and explained. So some, there's a, the author here, uh, translated and annotated by Dr. Cheryl A. Kajawa Holbrook. I don't know. Um, uh, they help to like point out certain things that she's up to and what she means and how she's getting to her things. And it's really, really interesting. I'll, I'll read the little back cover here. Experience the fiery life of divine wisdom through the rich and varied, varied writings of one of the most accomplished women in Christian history. Hildegard of Bingen, Bingen, visionary, uh, composer, dramatist, poet, and healer, was the brilliant and passionate precursor of many of the great women mystics of the Middle Ages. Her body of work is usually expansive, is unusually expansive in terms of genre and subject matter for any theologian of her time, and includes powerful, powerful descriptions of her visions, advice to influential nobles and royalty, theological correspondence with fellow monastics, liturgical songs, and medical and scientific work. Hildegard's strong personality and vivid spiritual experiences experiences still speak to readers within the church, as well as those who are not formally formally religious, but who have an interest in the spiritual life and, uh, and the feminist and eco-spiritualities, and who are drawn to Hildegard through the arts, particularly her music. Last bit. This unique introduction to Hildegard's world and writings presents a wide range of her texts grouped by theme, provides a deeper understanding of this influential spiritual figure than, uh, than can single thing collections. Insightful and instructive annotations provide historical backgrounds and place selections within a wider context of Hildegard's understanding of the spiritual life in the natural world. Um, and so it's just, it's incredible to try to see or hear um, somebody from, you know, a thousand years ago and their insights to the world and to God and how they see things. Um, I mean, it's just fascinating to me. And so kind of going through that and just um, kind of learning, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult actually for me, but you know, you may be smarter than me. So that I'm just in, I'm always intrigued by different perspectives on God throughout the ages and how somebody, you know, who doesn't live in our society, um, who doesn't doesn't have technology or ways to search things or whatever and how they view and understand like what it means to follow God and to be a human in in our in, in their time and place in our connection to the divine so that's a uh, you know any of her stuff I'm sure is good I got this one because it kind of helps explain it a little better and um, you know uh, helps give you kind of a, a deeper context to it so that's the first one uh, the uh, second one that I, I just finished reading is, um, and this one was because I, I'm going to do a sermon series on this in January, but it's called Trains, Jesus, and Murder. <laughs> it's 
gospel according to, to Johnny Cash by a guy named Richard Beck. Uh, man, this is so, so good. Richard Beck is a professor of psychology at Abilene Christian University. Um, and, and so he takes the life uh, and music of Johnny Cash and kind of goes through it, goes through some of his albums, goes through some of his songs. And it's just, it's so, it's so, so great. Uh, and the thing that stood out to me with, with this book was just the, um, the contrast between like light and dark or saint and sinner and how Johnny Cash would write the, or sing and, and play and write these gospel songs because he always in his heart wanted to be a, a minister, but yet then he had this very dark side where he would sing about, you know, I shot a man just to watch him die. And so you get an insight to, um, to, to the, the troubled side of him, but also to the hopeful side of him. And I think the, the fascinating thing about it is even when you get into like, um, you know, he did a couple albums that were, were very patriotic type albums that were in support of, you know, country and, and military and all this stuff. Yeah, but then at the same time, he also did, he did a whole album. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name, Seth. Dang it. I'm sorry. Uh, he did a whole album uh, that basically was focused on the plight of the Native American. Uh, if you've heard the um, Ballad of Ira Hayes, or uh, he, he, he really dives deep into the plight of the Native American and what they went through in our country. So it, oh, and he also fought like against, you know, the, the, um, uh, the, the prison systems and stuff. And so it's this really, it's this really complex kind of divided spirit and soul where it's like, Yes, I love and appreciate the place where I am, but also there are some things that need to change where he is both um, in support of the system, but also uh, against other uh, certain components of that same system. Uh, and so it's a, a really, really interesting read. Uh, I'm excited to actually start putting some messages together based on some of this. Um, he was he was a guy that stood in solidarity with so many people with the with the with the men in prison, with the plight of the um, Native Americans, with uh, things that need to change uh, concerning you know military and government, just a really really good book. I'm realizing now that I'm only two books in and we're at like ten minutes, so I probably, <laughs> probably need to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, I just picked up this book. I, I've started reading it. Um, it's called The Tao of Christ. Uh, I don't have that with me. I don't. It's in my it's in my truck. Um, but this, I could look it up. I can't find it. Uh, but this guy basically took the um, the Tao Te Ching, and then um, then he became he he was like a follower of that. But then he became a Christian, and then he realized like how the the teachings of Christ, and when you consider the idea of like the universal Christ, the Christ that is always as was at the beginning of all things and is in all and through all things. Um, when you read like the Tao Te Ching. Um, you see these glimpses of what we would call Christ in the middle of all that. So he kind of rewrites the that um, through the lens of Christ, and so it's called the Tao of Christ. Uh, and it's it's um, it's it's really interesting. It's really fascinating to see, um, you know. And, and if you believe too, like like Ephesians four, one God over all, through all, and in all. If you believe. Uh, Colossians, First uh, Corinthians eight, one God, one Lord, through all things have come. Uh, things like um, in Christ, all things are held together. Uh, Romans, where he talks about um, all, 
divine nature uh, uh, and eternal, what is it? Eternal, eternal powers, uh, divine nature of God can be seen through all that's been created. Well, then, of course, if you've got a people from a different land and different belief system, the things that they're picking up on are going to be things that that are kind of universal in principle. And that those are the things that ultimately are, um, I would say, like Christ centric, so to speak. So um, I'm just kind of getting into that. It's it's pretty interesting, pretty good. Um, let me look here at uh, the stuff I've been listening. So. I'm, I'm running a lot. I've talked about this a, a good bit, but, um, and so I listen to all kinds of stuff when I'm running cause I, I spent a lot of time there, but, um, one of them uh, is called accidental saints by Nadia Boltz Weber. Um, and just to, you know, if, if you're more conservative in nature, I would just, I would give you like a bit of a warning. Uh, she, she is not that at all. Um, but she's a Lutheran, Lutheran I think a Lutheran uh, minister has a church out in Denver called the house for all saints and sinners uh, and it's really interesting to hear you know somebody from a different background actually she grew up Church of Christ which is really really funny um, also warning she swears a lot <laughs> which is uh, I find humorous if if you might you know, not agree, or you may have trouble with that. Uh, I might say avoid that, but she just, she is really straightforward in where she's at with things. And, um, she, she's very, uh, uh, open in her thinking. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's, it's a good challenge if, um, depending on where you're at in your understanding of things, she's very challenging. Um, and she's very direct and I, I find it quite funny. Uh, so that's, she's a, she's a good one, um, to, to check out so accidental saints by Nadia Boltz Weber. Uh, there's one, there's a guy I recently, I, I've read, I've heard a lot of people talk about him and I haven't really read him. Uh, a guy by the name of Thomas Merton and, um, uh, the book that I'm reading is called new seeds of contemplation. And, uh, it's, I'm, it's heavy for me. I'm not quite, I'm, I'm still trying to process it. So I don't have a lot to say about it just now, but I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, um, and see kind of where he's coming from. Uh, but he's, 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 uh, somewhat contemporary. I don't believe he's alive anymore, but, um, yeah, that, that's what I'm, I'm working on. Um, then there is, I just listened to, um, uh, Rob Bell's "Everything Is Spiritual," uh, which is is he is such a good communicator, and uh, how he lays things out. And at first, uh, well, the first kind of bits of it, I was like, "Where is he going with all this?" And then by the time you get to the end, um, he ties everything together in this really, really incredible way. Uh, so if you hang in there with it, it uh, it's really fascinating. And, and really, I think the insight to me on that is exactly what the book title is. Like everything is spiritual. I think, um, if depending on how you've grown up in the church, if you've grown up in the church, especially, uh, a lot of times there's this idea that we separate the secular and the sacred and, and we separate the physical and the spiritual and the way that he puts all this stuff together kind of, uh, steps in and says, no, no, no everything is everything is connected everything is spiritual 
And so you cannot separate these two things. It's all a part of it. Uh, so that, that was a that was a really, really good one. Um, I'm working on, this one's been tough for me too, but it's called The Theory of Everything by Ken Wilber. And uh, he talks about um, what's the, what's it called? The spiral dynamics. I think he's one of the big guys that was like, first introducing this spiral dynamics i'm not i'm not super um like up to speed on all of that but um, i'm trying to listen and trying to learn and it's just about how human humans and society like progresses in their thinking uh so that's kind of interesting it's a some sometimes when you're <laughs> when you're listening to books a lot of your ability to pay attention really comes down to like the reader and <laughs> and sometimes they're they're a little bit tough um, I just finished this, uh, one called, uh, you're a miracle and a pain in the ass, uh, by, by, uh, his name, he goes by the name science, Mike, uh, he's, he's really interesting. Uh, I still, I struggle with, with some of what he says, but it definitely is challenging and, uh, g- gets you to think a good bit. Um, I just listened to, listened to, and then bought the book. What I, so what I do typically is I will do an audio book and just kind of go through it the first time. And then if it's like something that I'm like, oh, there's so much good stuff in there, I'll go back and buy the book. So these people are making like double, double the money off of me. I'll buy the book and then keep it so I can go back through it and highlight and underline it, whatever. Um, there's this guy named Steve Chalk. He's kind of, he, he's, he's an edgy type fella, uh, but it's called The Lost Message of Paul. The lost message of Paul. And he kind of comes at this whole thing to say a lot of how we've been taught to think of Paul is uh, maybe not as accurate as we think and how what a lot of what he's saying, because I know Paul gets a lot of, um, from the critics, gets a lot of pushback for uh, his stances on certain things. And, and so kind of what he says is, you know, he actually, um, uh, Steve Chalk would say that, we've misunderstood some of where he's coming from and uh it really there's a lot to uh challenge you to think about through that um so how many is that that's a handful already and i don't want to keep going back to this whole list this is just stuff like that i'm currently reading or have just finished going through um yeah that's a handful isn't it oh there's this one um, I don't know this guy. I kind of started reading it. It was very light. It's very easy. It's kind of silly um, by a guy named Knox McCoy. I think he has he, he has a podcast uh, that he does that is fairly well known. Um, I don't know much about him, but uh, the book is called All Things Reconsidered. How Rethinking What We Know Help us, Helps Us Know What We Believe. Um, it's it, it, I'm about halfway through. It's a little bit silly. It's not really <laughs> the kind of stuff that I normally read. Uh, and unless he gets to the end and makes like some sort of wild point, of, you know, make some connections for me, I, I don't know. Uh, but it's not it's not too bad. Um, okay, so that's some books uh, to keep you occupied for a little while. Now, let me give you a, a few little snippets into some, some documentaries that uh, I've either, I've, I may have talked about them along the way, but uh, that I found really interesting um, in, in light of, I don't know, that, that has, that I find myself connecting to in some sort of spiritual component because so much of what I talked about has, what I talk about has to do with understanding our connection to everything else, right? It's kind of some of that, the, um, everything is spiritual type thought. Uh, 
Um, I think I, I don't know if I talked directly about this, but one really, really interesting one was called uh, My Octopus Teacher. I don't know if you've seen this. It's on, it's on Netflix. Um, my Octopus Teacher, this guy spends like a year uh, following and observing and documenting an octopus. <laughs> I think I did talk about it because I, I, I maybe gave a spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, I, I would highly suggest it um, because when he gets like to the end of it, he has this really great line about um, how he used to just see the ocean as like separate from him and the kelp forest and everything is just like, you know, there's not much going on, whatever. But after spending a year and like observing these things up close, how it changes perspective to see how important every little aspect of um, of creation actually is and how uh, we are not disconnected from all of it and how we are very, very closely tied to all of it. So it's a really, really cool documentary. Um, <clears throat> a fun one uh, that, that, I, that we saw is um, the Down to Earth one with Zac Efron. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, there's him and a guy named Darren, Darren, Darren Olin, um, who's like the superfood uh, health cook, cook guy. Um, they travel all around, all around the world and they, uh, they, they learn about the world we live in and how, um, there's all these different people and places that are working to create a more sustainable way of living, uh, who are living, uh, they look at things like, uh, the amount of garbage and trash that we waste and how we can how we can change that. They look at um, healthier ways to eat, healthier ways to live, what people are doing throughout the world. They look at uh, renewable energy resources. And so it's like he has kind of uh, grown up, so to speak. He's kind of come to this place where he's realizing he has this platform as an actor, as a celebrity, and he wants to introduce people to better ways to live and so it's it's lighthearted. it's fun it's easy you know it's zach efron he's fun to look at he's a good looking dude right you know what i'm saying wink i'm i'm secure enough in myself that i can that i feel like i can say he's a good looking dude you know i got no problems with that um so that's a good one that's a fun one uh there's only a handful of episodes um i'm looking at it right now um to just kind of some reminders it's 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 really really good um, so that's a good, that's a little docu-series. There's a handful of episodes. Um, I watched The Brave New World. It's Matt Damon. Uh, he's kind of doing a similar thing. Uh, it's called The Race to Solve Our Water Crisis. Uh, let's see. Uh, from reuse uh, to energy generation. Uh, new innovations across five continents are explored in this documentary about building a future for sustainable water. That, that's a really good one. Uh, it's, it's fairly short. It's less than an hour. But they just talk about how you know water is so vital to our existence and how um, how kind of some of the damages we've done to our water supplies and how if we don't make changes, we need to make um, it's going to cause problems for us in the future. And on and on it goes. It's really good. The whole thing is about um, water and and making sure we maintain uh, clean water supplies for like you know the world and everybody that lives in it. Uh, so that's a good one. Um, there's this uh, one that 
see, it's like all these actors trying to make a difference. It's these, it's funny because it's like these people who have, um, who have spent their life doing movies or entertaining people who are now realizing like, Oh, there, there's kind of, there's, we have to think bigger, you know? And so it's, it's been a really good, um, let's see where to go. I just lost it. Sorry. Um, a really good kind of journey I've been on, um, learning and watching this stuff. Uh, this other one is Woody Harrelson. It's called kiss the ground. Uh, it's about an hour and a half long. Uh, the title here says uh, science experts and celebrity celebrity activists unpack the ways in which the earth's soil may be the key to combating climate change and preserving the planet. This one is, is really cool. In fact, I want to get, um, I want to get my, uh, aunts and uncles to watch this and then get their perspective from like the other side. Uh, and so what they're realizing, what they've come to realize is that, and they, they make a big statement and, you know, I don't know how to, to back this up or to verify it. It's just, I'm going off what the quote unquote experts say here, but essentially they say the, the way that we are currently or have been farming for the past, you know, hundred years or so, it has been a bit destructive. When you talk about like monocropping, uh, we talk about how we how the earth has been tilled, how we're basically absorbing. We, we're taking all the nutrients out of the ground and we're not working with nature. We're working kind of opposed to nature and how there's better ways to farm that's more sustainable for future generations. And so um, they, the big thing is they talk about is like the, the effects of carbon uh, and the carbon footprints that we leave and then how um, when it, with traditional farming methods, we're releasing extra carbon into the air and then we're not able to, um, God created a world to work a certain way. And then it seems like the way that we are trying to sustain ourselves isn't working with the way that things work, but rather opposed to it. And now we're seeing the effects of it. Um, and so what in, in my, I keep meaning to call my aunt. Uh, I, I have an aunt and uncle, several aunts and uncles, but one in particular that, um, they still, they still are what they farm for a living. Like, uh, I think last time I talked to my aunt, he said he's, he farms like, uh, like 1500 acres. Right. So he's got all the big, the big, uh, tractors and combines and all that stuff. And I was feeling pretty good about my, like my little garden, my 40 by 15 foot garden. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, yeah, your uncle still farms 1,500 acres. I'm like, oh, my dear. He's like a, an actual farmer. I'm a pretend farmer. He's an actual farmer. Um, but I, I want to send it to them and have them watch it and then get their thoughts about the whole process. And is it even, is it even possible? Or, you know, because one of the things I noticed in, in that particular one was there's a guy um who works for the, for the government, for the department of agriculture. And he goes around and tries to convince, uh, farmers, guys that have been doing this for a really long time, like feeding our country for a really long time, that there's a different and better way to do it. Uh, and then they talked to a farmer, one in particular who has changed his methods and how he does everything. Um, and the effects of that, it's, it's really fascinating, but I would, I, I would love to get like a, um, like a, a perspective from somebody who, who was actually, not that he wasn't actually doing it, he was, but somebody who's actually doing that right now. Like, and 
is it something that they would see as valuable and is it something that they would even have an interest in trying to do trying to change how they farmed you know for for many many years to do something that at least seems to have um a, a different uh more sustainable merit to it so that's kiss the ground um it, it's it's a pretty good one um the other one i've seen a few people post on this that i liked uh was called um, A Life on Our Planet with David Attenborough. Um, oh, I just clicked it. I don't want to watch it. I just want the little description of it. Oh, shoot. Did you hear that? Were you supposed to hear that? I don't know. Uh, let me see here. Let me get some more information. Come on, David Attenborough. Uh, it says, rainforest cleared, species lost, earth imperiled by climate change, but he knows what we must do to save the world. That's a that's a big statement, by the way. Um, if you're not familiar with David Attenborough, you know he's been around a long time doing animal and planet type stuff. Um, and so basically, the documentary goes through like his life because um, he's he's narrating this and speaking to this as a 93 year old guy. And it's fascinating because they take they they basically take the timeline of his life from like when how he grew up. Um, to when he was a child, to when he started um, traveling the world and, and observing animals and doing nature documentaries. And then they show like how much of the world, you know, when he first was getting started, how much of the world was wild. Um, and then how, how many people were on the planet and then like uh, how much carbon was in the atmosphere. And then they, they take that over different uh, com- different uh, decades of his life. And then you can see the effects like the as the the population goes up the wild uh the the wild places or the untouched places begin to decline or they begin to you know they begin to get developed and then the carbon goes up and so and then he goes there's one part where he takes um they, they like forecast the future like if we continue on this path here's what it will look like in 2050 and then 2060 and then um and, and, but it's not all like doom and gloom. What I liked about it was like at the um, towards the end of it, he's like, no, but we can we can change this within, you know, 20 to 40 years. Uh, and I don't know if it was this one or the kiss the ground one, but there was a really kind of startling uh, tidbit that they said that had to do with um, if we continue at the pace we are without making changes when it comes to farming and development, all this stuff that essentially they said we have like 60 harvests left like that's pretty astounding and slightly scary if we if we don't um, make some changes so uh towards the end of the david attenborough thing um he gives like here's here's ways that we can change this here's ways that we can fix this here's ways that we can preserve uh the earth we've been given for future generations um, so that that was a to me was a really really good one, and then uh, there's a couple series um, that I've seen called uh, called Rotten. If you've seen this, uh, there was two there were docu series, um, Rotten and Broken. Uh, both of them are really to me really quite interesting, um, where they go through things that may seem common that we take for granted. Uh, let's see, in Rotten. They talk about uh, the avocados. Uh, they talk about water. 
oh man, the water one was crazy because we talk about how how these big corporations are tapping into our natural resources uh, for basically next to nothing and then selling us bottled water uh, for a couple bucks each and then making a huge profit off of the natural resources. And then not only are they making a huge profit, then we also have the discarded plastics. And there's a whole other thing about plastics, about how much plastic we the world uses, you know, in, in a year. Um, it's just, you start to watch this. And, and it's not like a, uh, I, I don't view it as like a, here's a whole bunch of stuff to be scared of. I view it as like, here's, here's some things that we need to be mindful of so that we can begin to make changes um, that will help us move in a better direction. And really, if you're looking at this from not just these documentaries, but it, like the, the, the mindset in watching and, and reading all this stuff, um, if, if you look at this from what we call uh, God's original commission, right? Um, the, the whole thing, God created this whole thing and then gave us stewardship and responsibility for it. And so when I watch some of this stuff, what it says to me is uh, we haven't done a good job of being responsible with what we've been given. And so um, there's, and which all goes back again to the spiritual versus the physical, you know, and, and, and if uh, I, I don't put any merit into the physical, then sure, I can, you know, use all the plastics I want, discard them wherever I want, not worry about the overall condition of the planet or the future of the planet because there's this weird belief that some, for some reason God's going to destroy all this and whatever. Um, but that's not like how the, the story of the Bible starts. The story of the Bible starts with like, you're supposed to help this whole thing be fruitful. So you're supposed to, to rule and subdue, to take care of it. Not, not to rule like these corporations where they're just abusing the natural resources, but like to be mindful of how we treat and, and how we use the resources we have. And so all this stuff that like the, the, um, you may, it may sound like, you know, like hippie dippy, like, oh, tree hugger, whatever. Like that, those aren't just like people that, yes, they're trying to protect the planet. I understand that. But from a spiritual perspective, the way the story of the Bible starts, like, I, I don't think they're like crazy people. Like there, there is merit to that. Like we should be more mindful of these things. Um, in the, in the one, uh, the broken one, uh, they talk about things like sugar cane and how the, the amount of money that comes in for, um, sugar is insane. And then the, how planting all of the sugar, you know, and this affects people if you're in Florida and this affects, um, like the Everglades and, and, uh, it, oh, gosh, it affects so much because the Everglades is like this natural filtration system for the planet, for a part of our planet. And then when we, when we wipe it out and just plant sugar, we actually dump a bunch of chemicals into the whole thing, which then filters out into like the Gulf of Mexico, where it's then killing our fish population, which also we need to survive because that's part of how we live eating fish and stuff. So it's just fascinating how this stuff is connected. The, the other, the other, um, I think it was this one, uh, was where they talked about, uh, it was about honey and about how, um, we actually, you know, people are aware of like the bees and the bees dying off and all this stuff. Um, and how the world consumes more honey than the bees in the world actually produces. 
which raises a whole bunch of different questions. <laughs> like, then what is it that we're buying? Do you know? Uh, all kinds of interesting stuff with that. Um, and so, that, gosh, there's just, there's so much to learn and to think about uh, that I think is beneficial. And, and again, my my repreface here is, you know, all this stuff, um, I, I understand all of it usually has some sort of bias. All of it's trying to get us to think or see something different. All of it um, has a particular place that it's coming from. And so whether it's books you read or stuff you watch, like, yeah, you need to be mindful. You need to be careful. You need to double check things. You need to, you know, like do your research on it. Uh, but I, I just wanted to throw a bunch of this stuff out here for the sake of, you know, here, here's something to read through. Here's something to challenge you. Here's something to enlighten, encourage. You may be on board with some of it. You may hate some of it. That's okay. Like I'm not... I'm not like a thousand percent into all of it either, anyways, but I do want to keep um, expanding how I think. I want to keep expanding how I understand the world, how I understand my place in the world. I want to keep thinking about how can I continue to live better? How can I live more spiritually? How can I live more connected to the world that we live in? Oh, that's another one. I, I, I know I've talked about this one is the connected one. Um, that is such, such, such a good one. That's another like docu series. It's six episodes. Uh, let's see here. I'm pulling it up. Uh, it says, um, well, that's just like for the first episode. Um, the whole thing is just about how all this, the hidden science of everything is what it says. Um, you know, and it's fascinating too because uh, you 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 watch a documentary like that and it it goes through surveillance. I think I talked about it, it goes through poop dust numbers, clouds, all this really fascinating stuff. Um, and then what, what I kind of realized too is like uh, what they're saying through the vein of just science and observations in the world um, is not <laughs> is not too far from like uh, Rob Bell's Everything is Spiritual. And it's not too far from St. Hildegard's uh, her writings and her teachings and her songs about um, creation and and the living light of God. And so it's fascinating to me that you can pick up a book like this from, you know, that was written a thousand years ago, and then you can read a book that was written a couple months ago, and then you can watch a documentary that was just made and how there's all these like little connecting insights to the whole thing. So that is a few things I've been uh, reading, listening to, and watching. Yeah. So if you've got a, a few moments of spare time, let's see, how many did we, how many did we did? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight different documentaries. And then we did one, two, three, uh, four, five, six or seven, eight books, something like that. Um, <clears throat> that should give you something to do for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> how much time do you, how much time does this guy have, by the way? And you're also listening to this incredible podcast. So keep that on the list. Share this with your friends, spread the word. Actually, um, I'm trying to get, we're at a place, um, like I, it shows like the amount of people that are watching are, are listening to the podcast. 
and we're we're slowly slowly building the audience which is really cool so thank you to you guys please make sure you you share this with somebody invite somebody to watch to watch we're not watching anything we're listening we're listening while you're running while you're riding your bike while you're driving to work whatever it is while you're ignoring your kids put your headphones in while you're doing the dishes it's a great it's a great place to be um so uh we're we're climbing in that and actually i was looking at some of this the statistics uh today and they were there's uh it breaks down by like countries where people are listening in and so we we have a 99 percent american audience and then we have a one percent audience in singapore so shout out to my singapore friends whoever you are my friend in singapore drop me a line say hello let me know what's going on that would be fascinating to hear about your life maybe we could do a whole podcast on singapore somehow some way all right my friends it's been fun it's been real hopefully this has been beneficial give you a few things to to ponder a few things to think through uh, a few things to watch a few things to listen to uh this has been the sneaky emu episode number 14 yeah we're we're at 14 Lucky number 15 is right around the corner. I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that uh, you you are keeping your head up, that you are moving forward, that you are continually learning, that you are searching, that you are growing, that you are challenging yourself, and that you are trying to see uh, the, uh, the, the, the wonders of God and the beauty of life that has ever before us because that's what the sneaky emu is all about. That's why I think to look at all this stuff and to watch all this stuff is is so beneficial because it helps you to see the sneaky emu, the things hidden in front of you uh, that have been hidden in front of you the whole time that you may have missed. So that's what we're all about. I hope this has been helpful. I will talk to you next week. God bless. God speed. I'm sending you all the love. Have a great day. Teachings of the church and state. We're here to drink beer. We're here to kill war.